Hey guys, welcome back to the Defiant Ones Teen Podcast. I hope you all are doing amazing today. I know that I'm doing great. It's a beautiful Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. I was about to say Monday, you know, I'm getting caught off a little bit on these days just due to quarantine and COVID and all these different things. But hey, we are coming to a close to that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Vaccinations are starting to go out and the world is starting to get up and look better. I'm so thankful for that. I hope you all are doing amazing today. Welcome, if you're new, to the Defiant Ones Teen Podcast. Let me tell you guys who we are. So my name is Christian Kindify Robinson, and this is the Defiant Ones Teen Podcast, stemmed from the Defiant Ones Teen Magazine, a magazine founded and formed by me and my brother a year ago. Uh, what we do is we share the amazing stories of people who are defining who they are and defying the odds that go against them. So no matter your age, race, gender, religion, etc., if you have a dream, if you have a goal, you deserve and you can go after it. You can make it. You can be successful. And that is what we are all about here, defying the odds. In these platforms, we are talking about entertainment, fashion, news, trends, sports, etc. But what makes us different or what takes us a step further is we're sharing things that truly aren't taught in life, not to us youth, not in, not in school at least. Um, so we're talking about sex trafficking, bullying, cyberbullying, creating a business, which we have today, creating a business, uh, you know, mental and physical health and wellness, all these different important topics that truly we could all benefit and succeed from. But mainly we're learning the stories of true influencers and legacy builders who are making a difference in their lives and in others that we can learn and grow from, which is why I'm so excited today because I mean, truly, we have an amazing guest here with us today. I mean, he is an amazing author, podcast host, an entrepreneur, public speaker, everything like that. I'm talking about the one and only Steve Prada. Wow. Hey. That's a lot to live up to. <laughs> well, thank you. I've been practicing. <laughs> How are you? Oh, I'm doing awesome. I'm excited to be on the show. I think this is a very special show to be on. So Good. I'm grateful for the privilege. Thank you. Thank you. So glad to have you. So before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? You know, who you are, what you do, all these different things. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So I'm, my name is Steve Prade. I'm a business coach. I work with small to medium-sized enterprises and I help them become better and grow faster, be more profitable, work better as a team. And uh, I've been doing this for the last, uh, in some form, shape or another, the last 25 years or so um, in different countries. Uh, I'm originally from Hungary in Central Europe, in Eastern Europe. Wow. And uh, yeah, I lived in different countries in Europe. And then at the age of 45, uh, I uprooted my family and moved over here uh, with our four kids. And uh, we've been living the dream ever since. Good. That's amazing. 30, all these years. Goodness gracious. That is truly amazing. So, <laughs> wow. You know, I'm only 17, so I've been doing this for probably less than half of what you've been doing it for um a lot less how, how did you get introduced into the business or entrepreneurial lifestyle uh well so ever since i was about 10 years old 
I kind of uh, wondered about entrepreneurship and I wanted to become an entrepreneur. My um, kind of role model was my great-grandfather, who I never knew personally, but I, I heard a lot of stories about him. And he was a very successful baker in Budapest, Hungary, <clears throat> before the Second World War. And his story is he was an orphan at the age of 13, and he wanted to come to America, and he uh, his relatives paid uh, the money for the uh, for the ship to take him to America, and they were going to take a train from Budapest, Hungary, to Hamburg, where they would have boarded the ship. And uh, this was the first time he arrived in a big city, and he, he arrived in Budapest, and he was you know he, he got a bed somewhere, and he wandered down. He was 13 years old. He wandered down in the streets to just to look around, and he got lost. And he, uh, you know, in, in the VRs in the morning, he saw some light. He went into there. Uh, in there, it was a bakery, <clears throat> and he asked for to to stay there overnight and promised to work the other day. And basically, he missed his boat. He oh. never made it to America, but he built uh, a, a very successful business. He was one of the top 30 taxpayers in Budapest uh, at the time. Uh, so he, he had this thriving business. And then <clears throat> communism came and his business was gone. But uh, I always thought about him and his, his success and how he became a successful entrepreneur. So I always thought that I was, was going to become one. But what happened was when I finished high school, I got uh, a scholarship to the Netherlands, and then I went to England, where I got the job in London with a big accounting firm. And basically, my entrepreneurial dream kept being pushed out and pushed out and pushed out. And finally, when I was 35 years old, um, I was working for a bank, and I had a big salary and everything, and I got fired one day. And I got fired, and I was 35 years old, and I said, yes, this is my time. So I moved across the street, and um, I remember it was Friday afternoon when I got my pink slip. And Monday morning, I was in business in my own uh, consulting firm. And eventually, all my clients walked across uh, to me, and they left the bank, and they came over to me. And this is how I started. <clears throat> Good. You, I'll tell you, there were so many things that I loved about what you just said, and I'll kind of take it in order. First of all, the story with your great-grandfather. I mean, there was one thing that stuck out to me exponentially. It's kind of the fact that you said that he was supposed to board his boat to come and live the life that his relatives paid for, um, but he didn't end up doing so. He went to work at a bakery, um, all these different things, and then he became super successful. That kind of makes me think of how sometimes you may have a plan in life. It doesn't go right, which as... I can't remember who said it. Anything that can go wrong probably will go wrong. I mean, the way it was, it was his destiny that he never saw coming that that came across, leading to his success, a, a path that was never for uh, foreseen. I think that's all. That's firstly just amazing how um, I mean, truly, that story came about. Secondly, I love what you said about. Um, your story, you know, it's it's truly unique to be doing what you're doing and to work at a, a bank to get fired. You you were happy about that when you said yes. I mean that that honestly hit me. I was like, what is it? he he had, he had no regret in saying yes, being happy about that. Why was that something that felt good to you? 
Well, because suddenly uh, <clears throat> I lost my shekels. Because, because I had this high salary, <clears throat> it was just too high of a bar. We had already, we had two children at the time and young family. And, you know, when you, when you get a big check every month, to give it up, to start something from scratch and you have no income whatsoever, it's a really hard step to take. <clears throat> yeah. But when this opportunity cost was removed, when I no longer had the check, then I could do whatever I wanted. Um, I was free to do whatever I wanted. I no longer had to suffer the decision of letting go of something secure um, and putting my family at risk and all that stuff because that was done to me. So I could then do the best I could in the situation. Um, and that was much better than nothing, right? So basically, uh, the, the threshold of success got reduced for me. And suddenly, I was successful just making enough to feed my family for a while and, and, and going about with my business. Whereas before, the threshold of success was my salary and increasing that. So that was kind of the situation. And then it turned out that for multiple reasons, it was a blessing. Um, after I left, about a, a month later, it was a huge scandal in the bank. Uh, a person, a Madoff, you remember Bernie Madoff, the guy who swindled a lot of people out of their money? Mm -hmm. So there was a guy like that in this bank, mm. and he was in cahoots with the CEO, and uh, they defrauded a lot of people. And because I was in that part of the bank where he worked, I didn't know him. Had I stayed in the bank, I would have been somehow caught up in this whole uh, scandal and my name would have been tarnished. But because I left early, uh, I escaped it. So there were there were multiple uh, very blessingful uh, events behind this. I got a big smile on my face. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you took that you ran with it. You ran with it. And you are very successful now helping over 250 business owners create their business and truly boost it to become a viable business. Can you tell us the um, the four phase plan to creating a viable business? So um, when I say viable business, <clears throat> uh, some people ask me, no, it's sellable business, right? No, it's viable business. There is a, a rhyme and reason for it because if you have a good business, which other people are willing to buy, then why sell it? You don't actually have a reason to sell it unless something forces you to do that. So the goal is not to sell the business. The goal is to build the business that other people would want to buy, which is a valuable asset for you, and then use that business to propel you to your ideal life. And, uh, and there are four parts to this process of building this business that propels you to the ideal life. The first part is to figure out what your ideal life would actually look like, because most people don't know that. They never, uh, they never think about it. They just put one foot behind another or in front of the other, and they just go you know, week by week, month by month, by, by month with their lives, even entrepreneurs. But I think it's really important to, to think about who you are as a person and what makes you happy, uh, what kind of purpose you have in life, uh, figure it out, and then you go after this purpose because anything is possible. You just have to have a plan. 
and just have to work the plan. So that's the idea behind Bioboard that first figure out what do you want to use your business as a vehicle towards? What is this ideal life? And for some entrepreneurs, it's going to be actually running a successful business. That's their ideal life. This is where they thrive. They, they love it when you know, they come up with the strategies. There's a competitor that they need to beat and they have to grow and they have come up with new products and they serve the customers. That can be extremely rewarding. So that may well be uh, the thing. The, the, but, but some people don't want that. Some people want to spend time with their families. Uh, they thrive with the social interaction or other people would want to start a charity and they want to help uh, other people do certain things. Um, and other people would, uh, would have a hobby and they just want to pursue their hobby. So whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is, but articulate what it is, visualize it, and then figure out what it's going to take you financially to get to that stage. So let's say I want to start a charity to help underprivileged children. Mm-hmm. And it will take, you know, and you'll need $5 million to start this charity and to, to kind of keep it going, make it sustainable. Then this is my goal. I have to harvest $5 million from my business at some point. Let's say I want to do it in 10 years. Okay. And my business is worth a million dollars. Then I know that I have to quintuple the, the value of my business. I have to go from a $1 million business to a $5 million business in 10 years. And that's going to be my plan. So first, figure out what your ideal life is. Then figure out what it's going to cost. And then the next one is look at your business. We value your business. You can actually, I have digital tools that are freely available and people can go online and can figure out their magic number, which is the amount that is required for their ideal life and then value their business, uh, figure out the size of the business in order to give them this amount. Um, so at the end, I will share the, the websites for that. And when you figured out where you are and where you're going, then the next step is to orchestrate your business, to turn your business from a disparate group of people who are doing different things to a business which has a vision which has a plan, has a purpose, has values, and which has a strategy uh, to, uh, to, to serve this purpose, and where everybody in business is fully aligned and rowing in the same direction to take the business there. So that's the next step. Orchestrating, this is a second step. So first step is visualizing your ideal life, second and, and figuring out what it's going to take. Second step is orchestrate your business so that you have a high, uh, fast growing, highly profitable and self-managing business. Self-managing is important because if you are stuck in your business, you're not a free person. You are a slave to your own business. Yeah. So we want the business to manage itself so you can elevate yourself and think about your, your things, what you want to be. And then part three is value drivers and make this business more valuable. So it's, it's orchestrated now, grow the value. And finally, to harvest the value and to, uh, uh, to live your ideal life and to figure out how you transition from being a business owner to doing whatever you want to do. Good. Yeah, I think that's a really good four-phase plan. Honestly, um, honestly, that's a really good way of looking at it. And it makes me wonder, uh, because we haven't got specifically into it, what do you do? What, what business do you manage do you have? So what I do, 
I used to have a business myself, which I um, started. Uh, so after I got fired from the bank, I started this consulting firm called MB Partners. And uh, we grew uh, rapidly. And then we had some real challenges. In 2008, we almost went out of business. And somehow we survived. Um, and then eventually, uh, we decided to come to America in 20. 2012. And as I was packing my luggage, figuratively speaking, I got a phone call from a guy called Christian. And he was a successful private equity guy. And he said, Hey, Steve, uh, let's merge our businesses. Let's be partners and let's build this kick-ass uh, company in Central Europe and let's conquer the region. Yeah. But hey, Christian, this is such a wonderful plan. I love it. And it's an honor that you thought about me. But actually, we already committed to coming to America, so I'm not able to be your partner. However, it's kind of good timing. If you want to buy my business, just you know, just uh, give me a proposal, and I'll consider it. So uh, he said he agreed to do it, and I waited a week, and finally, I got an email from him with his proposal, and I opened it up excitedly, and I wish I never asked for this proposal, because basically he told me that Steve, you're you're a loser. You don't have a business. You, uh, it's not self-managing. You are uh, the chief uh, cook and bottle washer in this business. Everything depends on you. So if you're out of the picture, then we are happy to buy your fancy furniture and your computers, but we're not going to pay anything for the business. We'll, we'll give you a commission when all those transactions happen that you say are you're working on. So that was like co a co having a cold shower. It was very sobering. You know, I, I've been... At that point, I had been telling all the, my clients how to make their business viable and how, how to make it uh, attractive. And yeah. there I was the cobbler, bare feet, and uh, not having a viable business. So um, I hunkered down, decided not to sell it, of course. We moved over here. I was moving every three weeks. I spent a week in Budapest. Then I went to Bucharest, Romania, where I had an office as well. And, uh, and I started empowering my people. So I found a book. Um, called Traction, and they talked about this process of how uh, you can orchestrate this business. And, and I, I implemented that process, and I empowered my people. I, uh, I, you know, I, I appointed a new managing director, head of sales, head of marketing, head of operations, and my guys loved it. They absolutely loved it, and they ran with it. And, uh, you know, after time, I felt like they don't need me because they can run this business for me. And after 12 months, Christian uh, called me up and said, hey, Steve, let's let's sit down. Let's have another conversation because I see that this business is working. You, you moved to the States and this business is working and thriving. And I'm really interested because it looks like a self-managing business. So we got together and within uh, two weeks, we, we signed uh, an agreement and he bought my company. So that, that, that's what my, that was my business. And then I moved over here and became a business coach. And I started working with other companies, and I realized that um, that the system that I implemented in my business is a great system for other uh, business owners. And I started teaching them on how to orchestrate their business with uh, with what I call management blueprints. So management blueprint is is kind of a generic franchise system where uh, you uh, implement all those management concepts that have been uh, created the last 100 years, um, which all the fortune companies have already implemented them, but the small businesses, they don't know them, right? Yeah. And you can 
actually these concepts are packaged into these books like traction um, which which tell you how to orchestrate your business and make it really efficient and really productive and how to get the people excited uh, to work for you and that's what i do i i work with companies and i help them uh, do this process and and i bought my own book a bible and i talk about 10 different management blueprints that help you implement this kind of uh, order in your business. And I also talk about the management concepts and, and all that other stuff that we spoke about. Very, very good and very wise. I have two immediate things that I really, really have to ask after something like that. So first of all, when Christian came to you, you were approaching him to have him buy your business. And he said that it wasn't a good, well-managed one. He wanted your face out of the picture if he were going to go about that. A lot of people, um, because this this goes broader than just not, to, I mean, not to say anything about it. This goes broader into everyone else's story as well. A lot of us get criticism. We get hate or doubt um, to what we're doing, whether it's through ourselves or whether it's through others. So when you were approached in this way, obviously it wasn't a good feeling. What made you decide to keep going and not to listen to that? That's the first part of my question. The second part of my question is you said that you found a new management team. You started to work. You moved locations. You did all these different things to upgrade yourself and your business as well. Why is it important to change your environment, change who you're around, and make things better to uh, – or, or make change, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So why I didn't uh, sell my business? Of course I didn't, because I worked really hard for 10 years to build it up. And I thought it was valuable. I had really good people. And uh, and it was not a question. It was completely out of the question that I would sell it like that. Uh, I was prepared to do whatever it, take, whatever it took uh, to make it successful. And it was also a great wake-up call, you know. I, I mean, I think uh, deep in my heart, I knew that it was not right that I was kind of making all the decisions for my team. Uh, but you know, you get caught up with this, um, with this, this, this idea of you being the most, you know, the smartest person in the room, and you make all these decisions. All these people are looking for you to to make the decision. It, it makes you feel powerful. Yeah. But but actually it is a mirage. It's not power what you have. It's it's a very low level power. What is a much higher level power is when you have people smarter than you around you who make better decisions and who will actually create value for you and for themselves in this organization. And my lucky uh, situation was that actually I had all the right people in the company. I just didn't empower. I didn't think to empower them. I thought that they still need, I mean, I empowered them to some degree, but I didn't realize that they were ready to get to the next step. They were, you know, they were ready to the next stretch and challenge to, to step up and to lead the sales function and to lead the marketing and lead the operations. Um, they, they were ready to make this step. And, and when I, I was confronted with the situation, I had no other uh, option because I was leaving and my family was here in the US and you had to take care of them. I had to move here. So I kind of was forced to let go. And when I let go, then it turned out to be the best decision uh, ever because they were more than capable of, of doing it. And I had to mentor them a little bit and coach them. 
but they were very coachable. They wanted to learn it. They wanted to become the person. And when I told them that you can this can become this person, they believed me, and they, you know, they proved me right. Yeah, so it's very rewarding. Good. And you know, I think it's interesting in my um in my school band program. We they they find it very important to, to, to teach us of if I can speak to teach us about leadership and being a role model influence. And one of the things that never really occurred to me that really just reoccurred to me when you when you restated it is um, just exactly what being a leader is. Uh, now, you know, a leader is a person of many things. He's a person that can be depended upon. He's a person that's responsible, kind, caring, passionate, and knows what to do um, when things go right, how to react, and when things go wrong, how to overcome. But uh, there's a hard step that a lot of leaders may forget or, or, or may not do that I'm really glad you just said that you implemented, and it's to let others lead as well. Give other people the free space and range to also learn how to be in that phase, how to be in that place of power, of responsibility, all these different things. Because a lot of the times as leaders or as entrepreneurs is anything that we want we tend to put a lot of stress upon our own backs when honestly we can not put the stress on others but let them not be stressed by stressing yourself does that make sense when you allow others to have freedom as well i think that's a really amazing point that you pointed out um and i'm very glad that you said it but i mean it's not it's not the first time it's not the first time that you've done it because I kind of want to get into um, how you said you'd restate more of, of your books and everything like that. I want to know that you share this information, not just here, but also in your books and on your podcast. So can you tell us about that, please? Yeah. So uh, I just want to make a point uh, yeah. before I go there. If you don't allow your people to be free, to make decisions, to lead, then you are yourself not, cannot be free. So if you don't allow other people around, if you are surrounded by people who are unfree, who are not free, that's gonna keep you hostage as well. It doesn't, it doesn't allow you to be free because you know that you are surrounded by people who, you, who are not autonomous, who are dependent on you, um, and dependent people will actually demand your energy and uh, it's the huge responsibility on you to take care of them because they are dependent whereas if you make them free then it makes you free as well it's like when your parents raise you and you become an autonomously functioning adult then it means that your parents can go about their life and they can do whatever is important to them and uh, they can have their own life but if you never grow up if you live in their basement then your parents are never going to be free because they will have to keep feeding you and they will have to sustain you, which means they cannot focus on themselves. So that's that's a huge thing, uh, which, which I realized. Um, yes, I also have a podcast and uh, we should do it on F Facebook Live as well. This is a great thing that you're, you're doing, uh, kind of, kind of, hey. Um, I'll, I'll learn this from you. But so my podcast is, is about entrepreneurs and I'm really uh, curious about how they orchestrate your business. So that's kind of the theme of the podcast 
uh, how do they create that these processes and these systems and the business that will help them delegate? Because the whole whole thing about processes is that when you have people with uh, little experience and little intuition because they haven't had a chance, they're young people, they're just coming into the workforce, they are starved for some kind of blueprint so that they can do a better job, right? Yeah. And often business leaders, we have everything in our heads, so we expect everyone else to be like that, and we expect people to solve it uh, themselves and come up with the solutions where they don't have the experience. They don't haven't been working for 35 years and they haven't honed their intuition, they cannot do it. So what I'm after uh, in my podcast, Prof. Prof. Fraction podcast, is how these entrepreneurs build these systemized businesses where they could delegate everything because people, uh, they have systems, they have processes, which help their people to grow and lead and, and become better and build this business for them. Good. You know, and it's it's unique. We're doing something here. Uh where we're sharing your story, but you're sharing your story as well as the information that you know. And it's that, it's that exactly. You mentioned um, management processes that go back a hundred years, things like that. I mean, knowledge is honestly one of the things that makes a person successful. It's, it's just one of the key factors that makes you a good businessman, that makes you knowledgeable, if it makes sense. Um, so my question is, what makes you decide because a lot of people are successful and they're in these big pillars, they're making money and they're at these high places that want to stay there, don't want other people to kind of, you know, crowd their space. What makes you decide to share the information and the knowledge um, value that you have for free, this priceless information? That's a great, it's uh, a great question. Well, the right kind of, so here's the thing. Uh, you cannot give away your knowledge uh, because the more you give, the more you get. So what happens is that there are two types of people, maybe two major groups. So there will be one group of people that will not be able to do anything with the information. So there's actually no harm giving it to them because they're not going to be able to steal it from you, right? Because they yeah. won't be able to implement the second group of people who who really can do something with the information, but those people also often realize that many of them realize that they have no capacity to implement the information. So even if they understand it, they can learn it, they could implement it, but they have to do so many other things. They have no capacity and they will want uh, me or someone like me to do it for them. So I give them the information and say, Wow, I want that. Okay, let. How can I do that? But oh, I can't do that. I don't have time to do that. And then they're gonna come to me and say, "Okay, will you implement this in my company?" So that's why it's uh, it's great to give it away. And and the third reason is that the more you give away, the more people will be aware of it. The more people will be talking about it. The more uh, it is more well known. This information is going to become which will uh, kind of broadcast it to all those other people who can use it and who can actually then come to you and ask you to help implement it. So it's it's really this, it's a win-win-win. There's absolutely no, no, no downside whatsoever uh, about it. 
You know, uh, everyone, you know, all of us know the restaurant McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they, there are so many copycat McDonald's, right? Uh, there's so many hamburger joints that, and, and other fast food joints yeah. that want to run the McDonald's system. And Ray Kroc, who, who basically made McDonald's into this mega successful company, when they asked him, you know, what are we going to do with all these, you know, Burger King and, and checkers and all these guys that try to copy us uh, and they are stealing our intellectual property and said, gentlemen and ladies and gentlemen, we just have to innovate faster than they can copy us. That's our job. We have to innovate faster than we can be copied and then we're going to be fine. <laughs> so that's it. That's a fantastic way to look at it, honestly. And that's, that's, a, that's a great mindset to implement in every way of life. Thank you. And we'll start to near up here. I have a, um, of course I have a question. What or who is your inspiration or motivation, not just for business, but in your life to go after what you're going after? It's not one person. So um, it's, it's a lot of different people. I already told you about my great grandfather. Sorry, let me, let me clarify the question. So is it about my motivation, why I go about what I'm doing? Or is it about my kind of role models? Your your motivation. Motivation. So my mission is to help entrepreneurs build better businesses by teaching and creating tools for them. So that's kind of my, my mission. And why I want to do that? Because I believe that entrepreneurialism is a very positive force uh, in in the world in general i think uh, it allows people to have unlimited uh, existence potentially you know a blue sky kind of uh, situation uh, they are it means that they are free from employers uh, they can do what they want to do uh, without depending on other people so it creates autonomous people uh, people and it also creates a lot of innovation. And whenever innovation happens, then it means that everyone benefits because everyone will uh, be able to access that innovation and it's gonna uh, reduce prices through competition. So we are all becoming more wealthy and wealthy as a result of, of entrepreneurship and innovation. Yeah. It's also a great force for maintaining our democratic uh, um, system because it means that uh, power cannot be concentrated in a few people's hands because power is always, economic power is always created at the grassroots level by entrepreneur. There are always new people uh, getting uh, economic uh, resources and they can then, uh, they, they, you know, they can keep the, uh, the system pluralistic. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you, Mr. Prada. I mean, you are very wise. I can say that at the least. So how can people find contact and book you support everything that you do in your businesses? Well, um, so I'm coming out with Bible, uh, your guide to building a self-managing, fast growing and high profit business. So I would like to encourage you if you're an entrepreneur or if you're, you know, if you're interested in business to buy this book, it's available on pre-order. So while it's on pre-order, uh, it is at a 50% discount. So you can you can buy it uh, half price. Uh, 
If you uh, are not yet sure you want to learn more, then you can download the first 40 pages of this book for free. Wow. If you go on buyablebusiness.com and you give me your email address and your first name, then you can download the first, first 40 pages. And uh, that's another thing. Now, uh, if you want to learn, you have a business and you want to figure out whether your business is viable or not, or to what degree it is viable, then you can uh, complete the viability assessment at viabilityassessment.com. And it will give you a, a complete overview uh, of the six factors of viability of your business. So there are six different things that you have to make good around your business to make it viable. And you have a com complete autopsy of your business. Um, and so, yeah, and uh, there are other places, but uh, you can also connect with me on LinkedIn. Most definitely. And all of these social medias, all these websites will be linked in the description below. I mean, there is so much knowledge that you've shared uh, that it comes down to one more question. What is one last piece of advice you would leave for anyone out there who truly is an entrepreneur or any person who has a dream, who has a business, who has a goal that they want to go after, but is just looking for the first step? Well, keep feeding your mind. That's the most important. Keep feeding your mind. And at some point, it's going to spill over and then it, you're going to be, uh, you, you will, it will force you to create something. So just keep feeding your mind, read good stuff. Uh, the best thing to do is to get up half an hour early every morning and read something useful. And soon enough, you will have so much ideas, so many ideas that you won't be able to handle them. You will have to start writing things down and then you can prioritize them and it everything is going to fall into place just just keep keep reading and keep learning that's exactly it thank you thank you thank you mr frida i mean i am so happy to have spoken with you i've learned a lot this episode and truly you from your grandfather to what you're doing now you have truly defied the odds and you are very successful you know exactly what you're talking about and i'm so thankful so i want you to say loud and proud who you are what you do, and I am defiant. Um, I'm Steve Preda. I'm a business coach, and I am defiant. <laughs> yes, you are. Thank you so, so much. It has been a true pleasure and honor. Uh, we will definitely be connecting to get you on Facebook and all these different things. Guys, make sure you check out the book, Bible, and everything else Mr. Preda is doing. Again, all of the social and links will be down below in the description. If you enjoy these types of episodes and you enjoy these stories that we're sharing, I mean, truly, it would mean so much if you like, share, and describe, uh, subscribe to the stream and the podcast. Mr. Prada, it has been a true pleasure, but I mean, I think that we're going to end it here. Thank you so, so much. Thanks, Kind of I. It was a fantastic experience. Thank you. Most definitely. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> you take care. Guys, I am truly blown away. In all honesty, this makes me happy. I love learning. And from people like Mr. Brita, it is impossible not to learn. Just to be able to have a conversation with him, you know, it's kind of like he said, when his business was not doing so well, he learned uh, different strategies, got new people to elevate them, gave them freedom. I mean, and he made his business viable. We are making ourselves viable. We are learning from who's around us. So just to be able to have a conversation is important. I mean, it's important. Um, 
and you know the knowledge tips and advice that he's sharing it truly can make a difference it can make a difference i'm definitely going to make sure that for my business because I have to be on point uh take that business assessment that he's offering and i would i would definitely recommend that you do as well as well as check out you know his book podcast and all these different things but you know i'm i'm very happy about this and i'm so thankful that he came on here and spoke again if you enjoy these stories it would mean a lot if you like share and subscribe to the podcast also uh if you would like to leave a donation or be a supporter that is totally available on our website defiantonesmag.com where you can also find your online and physical copies of the defiant ones teen magazine for teens by teens learn more about us get your copies uh listen to the podcast become an advertiser sponsor all these different things are available on our website, defiantonesmag.com. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at defiantonesmag. And you can find me, your host, Christian Kindify Robinson, on Instagram and Facebook at Kindify. That's K-I-N-D-A-F-Y-E. You guys are either looking at my face or listening to my voice. I appreciate you either way. You can find us, of course, on Facebook and YouTube visually and also audibly on iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, uh, all these different platforms. I mean, we're, we're on everything. So if you enjoy this, I so thank you and appreciate you. I will definitely be back with another episode soon. And guys, just an update. The next magazine will be coming out on April 15th. So be on the lookout for that. I thank you guys so much. And I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. Take care.